Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Come on, come on. It's exciting. Let's get excited. I came across this thing I just wanted to share with you. I looked, I, I, I found this on, you know, we're always posting stuff. And I, I just, this, this thought kind of, I just wanted to drop on you real quick. What if we began to treat the Word of God, what if we began to treat our Bibles like we treat our cell phones? How many of you, how many of you, wait, 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 how many of you updated your, your iOS on your Apple phones and it gives you this thing called screen time now? Have you, have you seen that? That's, that's not a cool app, right? It's an app that lets you know how much time you've spent on certain apps. And so it'll tell you, you know, if you spend six hours this week on social media, on the Facebook app, you've spent, you know, and it'll tell you if you had your Bible app, it'll tell you, you know, you spent, you know, 34 seconds on, on your Bible app. So what if we, we started to treat our Bibles the way we treat ourselves? What if we carried it with us everywhere? What if we turned back to get it if we forgot it? What if we checked it for messages throughout the day? What if we used it in case of an emergency? What if we spent an hour or more using it each day? Okay, now that we got everything ready for you, Mark, now... Pretty much. Pretty much. I'm going to come back. I've been telling you we started the book of Judges. We started talking about the book of Judges two weeks ago. And I told you to, to read it. Anybody been reading the book of Judges? Oh, amen. Amen. Anybody finished it? And where? You finished it? This because of this stuff? All right, I want you to see Eli in the back, and we're going to give you a Somos Familia T. If you already have one, then we'll get you another one or a different color. But I want you to give him a, a, a sweatshirt. We're paying for that. Amen? And um, just so you know, that's TSF Espanola selling t is saying Somos Familia um, sweatshirts and T-shirts to benefit. The benefit of those is not just to, to raise money. It's to, to um, they're, they're supporting a school in Puerto Rico. They're, they're giving them all school supplies and book bags and everything. So when you, when you, so see him and please empty his two crates. He has two crates. Just empty those. They're going, it's going to Puerto Rico. Amen? All right. But more, more important, listen, we got to be about the word. Amen? And listen, I'm, I'm going to give you a promise. I'm excited about this coming year. I'm going to give you a promise. This coming year, we're going to go through more and more books of the Bible. We're not going to do a lot of topical preaching. We're not going to do a lot of good feel-good preaching. I know some of you might pick other churches because of that. But, but we're going we're gonna to learn. I want a church that knows the word. Amen? I, I don't know. I don't know. To me, to me the, the time is wasting where, where there's too much going on in this world. I want a church that knows the word. Not a, a bunch of believers that are always quoting some... Some cornball preacher on, on internet about positive, you know, God want, no. I want, I want a church that's quoting the word, that's quoting the truth, that's quoting life. Amen? So, so that's what we're going to be about this coming year. I'm excited. Um, again, if you're reading through the book of Judges, you want to talk about anything, you want to ask anything, questions at sanctuaryfellowship.org. That comes right to me, and, and we'll, we'll kind of kick it back and forth, and we'll try to answer as we start that next week. Amen? Be blessed. Pastor Mark, come on. Amen. 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 Good morning. Good morning. You guys hear me? All right. Happy Sunday. 
I'd like to open up in prayer, especially when I didn't do it this morning. Father God, we, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence, your love, your amazing grace. Your mercies that are new every morning, God. Thank you for speaking to us in worship this morning. Thank you for that we have a place, a sanctuary to come to to receive you, God, and grow in you and learn from you, God. Now I pray that you just touch me and let my words be your words, God. Speak through me, God, and speak to me, God. May you be glorified today in your precious holy name. Amen. 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 I'm just going to open up and, and, and what, um, I'm, I'm going to go off script, which is, is not the norm for me, if you know me. In preparing for this message, God gave me a, a, a kind of a, 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 a vision. And the vision was, I was going through, I was living my life, doing what I do. I get up the same time all the time. I, 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 I leave my house. I drop my kids off. I go to work at a certain time. Everything for me is, it, it has to be like this. You know, I, I'm repetitious. I, you know, I do the same thing all the time at the same time. Okay? Because that's what works for me. But then in my life, I was feeling that there must be more. That there's things that are missing. I'm loving my life. I'm blessed. I'm living in promises that God already has given me. I'm married. I got two awesome kids. I couldn't ask for a better family life. But there are relationship, other relationships in my life that, that, that's just not where I, it should be. Some awkwardness, you know, oh, man, I mean, me, I, I don't know how to talk to that person, so let me... Let me walk the other way and let me avoid them. And well, they didn't say what's up to me. Okay, you know, whatever, you know. And I started to, and then God gave me a vision of, of, of two kinds of people. There's, there's the person that, that's still living their life waiting for their promises to happen. They're waiting to walk in their promise. They're waiting for God to open up the promised land for them. But there are mountains in front of us. Then there's the other person that we're already walking in our promise. Some of our promises. But even in those promises, there's some mountains in front of us. So I spent a lot of time saying, God, I have faith. I believe in you. Remove those mountains. Because I hate feeling like this. I hate being feeling like I'm stuck. And God quickly told me, I can remove those mountains, Mark, but maybe the mountain is there for you to climb. Because I want you to conquer stuff. I want you to get out of your comfort zone and grow in me. And the truth of the matter is, I believe the church is too comfortable, family. We're, we are too comfortable in living wherever we're living at. Our marriages are too comfortable where the marriages become boring. 
Our parenting gets too comfortable and we forget about our children. We're too comfortable in ministry. We're, we're, yeah, it's working, so let's stick with this. Don't, what does it say? Don't, don't mess if something's not broke. Listen, for us to grow, it's God's design for us. He has a master plan for us. And he has nothing but promises. Okay? If you know me, my favorite scripture, it's always read, but I, I hang on this. It's Jeremiah 29, starting at 10. And it's a promise, and he, tell, he says it. I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper. Prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will be, bring you back from captivity. And the reason why I hang on that scripture is because it was a crucial time in my walk. Where I felt helpless, hopeless. I felt like I was a joke. And this is before marriage. This is before kids. This, this is when I was a single dude. And, and I, was, I, was walking in, I was walking in misery. And I learned a couple of things. That scripture told me that God has promises for me. God has a, a, a great plan for all of us. Amen? Right? But in order for us to, to, to get to that promise and get to those things and, and follow the plan, there's action that needs to be done. There's action. We all want to be successful, right? We all want to succeed and enter that promise land. We'll, listen, if you're in school, you may hate school, but you got to go through school. So you can either be, you can choose to be miserable and do the bare minimum and not be as successful as God wants you to be. We have to do it. If you're married, you could, you could be miserable in your marriage, but if you're married, if you're married, you got to put in the work. Whether you like them or not. You marry them. You start it. Finish what you started it. Did you know that your marriage could be a promise from God? I'll say that again. Do you know your marriage could be a promise from God? I know my marriage is, is, is a big promise from God. And I could choose just to do the bare minimum, or I could choose to work on my marriage daily and, and live in joy, I suppose, is miserable, misery. See, we all have we all have desires, we all want to do stuff, we all wanna, we all wanna, but we don't want to do the work. John Maxwell says it like this. He says. Success is due to our stretching to the challenges of life. But failure comes when we shrink from them. I love John Maxwell. I, 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 he's my favorite author. And he says another, another quote like this. To succeed in life, we must stay within our strength zone, but also continually move outside of our comfort zone. 
Today, I want to talk to you about moving, stepping out, moving out of our comfort zone. It might be working, but if you're living life good right now because you're comfortable, I think it's time for you to step out because God desires you to have an amazing life. So if you're living good right now, get out of your comfort zone because God wants to do something great. Amen? If you're miserable now, get out of your comfort zone. Then listen, we're going to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to talk to you today about getting out of your comfort zone. There are things that we need to do. See, we want more, but we do less. We treat God like a genie. We want to get paid, but we don't want to do the work. We want to get the diploma, but we don't want to do the study. If I had a one sentence to sum up this whole sermon, it's this. We would rather be comfortable in failure than uncomfortable in victory. And God has a massive plan for us to be victorious. You got to believe that. There's people walking out there not believing that. And they're miserable. They're depressed. But I guarantee those are people that got too comfortable. And they thought they had God figured out. They thought they had all the answers. See, we want, we want God's promises, but we don't want to go through the process. The question I have for you all today is what is God calling you to do that will take you out of your comfort zone? I'm going to pause because I want everybody to think about that. And if you're sitting there saying, oh, I got, I, I, this is not for me because I'm good. God wants you to be great, not good. And if you think you're great, he wants you to, to, to be extraordinary, not great. Whatever you're feeling right now, there's always more. There's always more. The, 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 when you ever get to a place where I'm good, and you don't get to a place that there must be more, something's wrong. You should be uncomfortable. And today I'm going to pray that you get uncomfortable until seeds are dropped in of change. See, when we're comfortable, we don't grow. We don't grow. Your marriage is comfortable, it's not going to grow, and you're going to be bored out of your mind. And you're going to be one of those old couples going out to dinner, both on your phone and not talking to each other. Everybody know what I'm talking about? If you, don't, if you don't grow in you being a parent, if you're too comfortable in the way you're parenting, and they're like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. They become teenagers, they could, they, they could, they could raise their on their own. There's going to be problems in your children. You, 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 you got the people that are saved for 20, 30 years and they're still walking with the same face. You know what I'm talking about? The same stank face. Sorry, I don't have filters, so uh, FYI. I'm talking about the same people that say have the same attitudes, same hang-ups, same issues. There's no growth because they're too comfortable. They think they know the answers. Listen, I'm walking in my walk, and, and I realize there's still some unforgiveness that I need to do. There's still some forgiveness I need to give out. There's still some people I need to love and not dislike. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a believer. 
See, when we get out of our comfort zone, there's true change. We're not going to change if we don't do the things we're called to do. Change brings maturity. Maturity brings promise. Amen? God is in our, not in our comfort, but he's in our growth. We do more shrinking and stretching because growth is painful sometimes. Change is painful. I hate change. I hate, I hate uncomfortableness. I hate that awkwardness. I hate, you know that when you have a problem with somebody and it's like a big elephant in the room and you know you have a problem and you're like, and you're trying to live like everything is normal. But deep down inside, you're like, oh, gosh, when is this going to go away? Listen, there's marriages that live in marriage like that. There's there's a big elephant in the room, and they tiptoe around there, and they never resolve the problem. And they go years, years without being resolved until it hits the fan again. If you don't... If you don't step out of your comfort zone, you get stuck. Anybody like to get stuck? I hate that feeling. That feeling that, God, I've done everything that you called me to do. So why are you not moving? Where is my promise? What I was doing is I was procrastinating. I said, God, you, 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 you handle this. Oh, that, that person has a problem with me? Oh, you you got to handle that. I didn't do nothing. I'm good with the way I am. Let me say this. The enemy can use procrastination to keep us from creating what God called us to be. Did you know that? We start to lose our confidence. Show me somebody that is struggling, like, like their life is falling apart, and they're, they're saved. I guarantee I can point out things that they weren't doing. See, when we get too comfortable, we stop going to fellowship. We stop, oh, I, I can miss a Sunday. I, I can watch it online. Oh, I, I, I don't have to go to a men's group if you're a man. I don't have to go to a men's group because I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I don't have to go chill with the ladies uh, uh, if you're a lady. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I, you, you, youth is whack. I don't have to go to youth. You start separating yourself from the things of God because you're too comfortable. But what happens is you start losing your confidence in God. You start shrinking in the, in the, the man and woman of God you're supposed to be. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 35, says, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. When you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. We think we're doing the will of God because we got it all figured out. We think. Family, we need to do more. God did not create us to be stuck. He he created us to always grow, to always move forward, to to always move on. Are you with me this morning? We're always waiting. We sing the songs, I'm waiting on you, God. 
Move that mountain. And it says in scripture that, he, that we have a, a faith of a mustard seed. That's all we need. But there's action to be done in our walk. He is not a genie. He's not a God that should lie. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. But you need to start moving. We say waiting here for you. You're waiting here for him to touch you or you're waiting here to give you what you want. I'm going to be quick today and I'm going to share a story that hit me hard. It's a story that, that uh, everybody knows the end result but no one talks about the beginning. And it's going to be in numbers. I'm going to start at chapter 13. And I'm going to read, and I'm going to read uh, starting in verse 18. But before I read, let me dress it up. Let me, let me tell you what happened. This is the Israelites. This is, uh, you know, you saw the prince of Egypt. Uh, pastor spoke about it briefly last week, last two weeks. God just opened the door for them to get out of slavery. He used Moses to get them out of the Pharaoh's reign. He did the impossible. They were getting chased. And there was nothing but the ocean in front of them. So God just opened up the way for, for the ocean to split. And they walked they walk right through the ocean. And they had a, the first walking aquarium. Seeing the fish here and there. And they just walking. And then, and then when they all went through, just when the enemy was about to go after them, God closed the ocean back up and killed the enemies. So God did, that's just an example. God did amazing things for them to get out of slavery. And to live in freedom. They were on their way to the promised land. Now we're at a point where the promised land is right there. It's right there. They can could, they could almost see it. If they had binoculars back then, they could see the promised land. So God tells Moses, Moses, send some men to spy the land. That's how closely they were. So Moses gets 12 spies and he sends them out to, 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 to lay the land. And I'll start reading verse 18. Moses tells us, the 12 spies, he says, see what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good? Is it bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Verse 21. So they went up to explore the land. Fast forward to verse 25. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They gave Moses this account. Verse 27, I'm reading now. Moses, we went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with with milk and honey. Look at the fruit we brought back. It's huge. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Just, just pause there. Descendants of Anak, they, they, they were considered long-necked creatures, giant-like creatures, giant warlike creatures. So they were scared. So what's the good news in Banner? The good news is they saw it blessed. They said, wow, God wants us to go here and look at the fruit. It's got milk and honey. It's blessed. Oh, my goodness. God loves us so much. But then they see giants. I'm here to tell you you're going to receive, you're going to see some giants in your walk. 
that's going to prevent you from entering your promised land. There's some big giant, giant, I'm talking about those, those giants, those financial giants that seem impossible to get through. Those people that seem impossible that they're never going to change. Giants. Do not let no giant, I don't care how big it is, stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Amen? Yes, there are promises, but there's also giants. We have to think about it this way. If God said that land is for us, if God said, yes, you're gonna, I, I, I believe you're going to get married one day, that's a promise. If, if you had that desire in your heart, I put that desire in there for you. If I believe if you have the desire to have a baby, yes, one day you will have a baby. That is a promise. If you believe that you, you ought to own a business and be successful, yes, if God spoke that in your life, that is a promise and it will happen. He is not a God that should lie. But there will be giants that are going to try to stop you. When God gives an instruction, he already knows the outcome. He told him to go to the promised land. Spy out the lay of the land. You didn't think God knew what was already there? He didn't say, this is the land I may give you. This is the land I gave you. He's in the present tense. He said, this is the land I'm giving you. Lay the land. See what we need to get in there. The first thing I want you guys to see in this story is do not settle for nothing less but God's best. We settle too much. When we're comfortable and we're good, we are settling for just, just a little, the bare minimum. But what God has in store for us is the best for us. Amen? You got to believe that. If you don't believe that, then I don't know. What do you believe? I choose to believe the word. I choose to believe that he has plans to prosper me, not to harm me. Verse 30. So after everybody's scared and say, Moses, oh yeah, there's big people there, we can't do this. Caleb, Caleb is, he stands out. Then in verse 30, he says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land. For we can certainly do it. Verse 31. But the man who, got, who had gone up with him says, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Verse 32. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw they are great size. We, we saw the, the descendants of Anak, giants. We seem like grasshoppers in our own, own eyes, and we look the same to them. Chapter 14, starting in verse 7. That night, all the mem- members of the community raised their voices, and they wept aloud. All the Israelites, they grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly and said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. I'm going to pause there. We grumble too much as believers, guys. 
We can't say we believe and still grumble on, our, on where we're at right now. If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt, to go back to slavery, to go back to misery? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Christians, family, we need to be careful how much we complain where we're at right now. We might be miserable in now, but is it, could it be because you're too comfortable? I don't know if silence is a good thing right now. Silence is a bad thing. I, I, I speak loudness for you not to fall asleep. I don't see anybody falling asleep. But listen, being comfortable is a struggle. It's becoming a struggle. It's becoming a struggle. And it's something that's not talked about. We need to stop settling. Amen. God got too many great things for us to settle for what we have right now. I'm not settling for where my marriage is at right now. I'm not settling where my kids are at right now. I'm not settling for what, where my ministry is right now. We can't settle because there's more growth to be done. There's more maturity to be done. I don't want to be saved for 20, 30 years and still be the same person. The Bible says we need to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. When we get out of our comfort zone, another thing we, that we need to do is embrace the process. Embrace the process. I hate the process. I'm not preaching, acting like the process is good and I love it. I hate the process. Process thinks. There's a lot of stretching that has to happen during the process. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of waiting. Right? I want the microwave, you know, if I'm real, I want the microwave blessing. I want the beep, 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 beep. All right, thank you, God. There's no process in a microwave. But God doesn't want you to have microwave blessings. He wants you to have the slow cook. Yeah, Thanksgiving just happened. The whole, you know, know, the, the slow cook, the crock pot jammy, where you you let it cook for years, for not years, Listen, some promises are cooking for years and years and years. But the beauty about the longer it's being cooked. Say it again. The taste is, oh, oh my gosh. When it falls off the bone, you just pick it up. I, oh, it, it's so juicy. Yes, I'm talking like a fat person now. Or a person that just loves to eat. I was going to say your name, but I didn't want to shout you out. There are moments that it feels like, listen, God, that promise I thought you gave me, it's, it's, I'm giving up on the promise. Or there's, there's, there's promises that you're already walking in, and you're miserable. You're in a marriage. That's your promise. What are you doing to, to make that promise better? You're in school. I hate school. But if you're in school, you got to go. If you want to become something, you have to go through the schooling. Amen? 
And the trick is, when you go through the schooling, what, you reap what you, what you went through? In theory? I don't know. I didn't go to school. I got, I got my high school diploma, and that's about it. Listen, listen. These guys are right there at the verge of entering the promised land. And they let a, a bunch of giants stop them. If God told you to do something, that means he's behind you. All right? If God told you to do go somewhere, that means he knows where that place, what's in that place. He knows that it's blessed, but he knows that there's giants there. You don't think he's going to give them the strength to conquer those giants? As a result of their being scared, chapter 14, verse 5, look what happens. After they're grumbling and they're saying, oh, maybe we got the wrong leader. Maybe we should have stood in Egypt. Maybe we should have stood in our past. Listen, if you're going to choose to stay in your past, I feel bad for you, man. There's going to be no growth. You can go down under. You're going you're gonna to get to a point where, oh, my goodness, God, God, God. And you're going to blame God that you're in that, you're in that funk. This is what it says, verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who had explored, they were two of the 12 spies. Those two were the only ones that said this in verse 11. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land. A land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. See, they're not focusing on the giants, but they're focusing on the milk and honey. They focus on the blessing. They focus on what could be theirs. They focus on what God told them is theirs already. I don't know about you. I want to focus on good. I want to focus on what the word says. That he has a plan for me to prosper. I think I've done enough. But I didn't. But I think I'm, I'm comfortable enough. But am I? I think I'm uncomfortable enough that to pursue what God has for me. See, if you want to pursue what God has for you, you can't do it comfortably. Yeah, God knows the heart. But what do you think, what do you, if God's been great to you, wouldn't it in your mind be better that, you, that you, you stand to your feet and you worship and you get into worship, or you just sit there and like, yeah, I'm not feeling it today. Imagine if God said, nah, I'm not going to do nothing for you today. I'm not feeling it today. That, 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 this, is, this is not Bible now. This is me. That's how I look at worship. And sometimes I'm not in the mood to be here. I'm not in the mood to worship. And I'm sitting there. Sometimes in the past, I had pain in my, my legs, and, and, I'm, and I'm physically in pain. I can't stand long. No, I got to swallow my pain. I got to swallow my pride. I got to swallow my struggle. I got to swallow. Listen, I got to do everything I can because if it wasn't for God, I would not be here alive right now. So I may not be perfect and I may struggle. And the struggle I struggle with may not seem that big of a struggle to many. 
My mountains could be different from your mountains. You, I could look at your mountains and say, oh, I've been here, done that. All you got to do is worship through the mountain, climb that mountain. You could look at my struggle and be like, you could tell me the same thing. But listen, God made us who we are individually. And the individual mountains we go through and conquer is, and when God helps us, gives us the strength to climb those mountains, who knows, while we're climbing it, maybe God will see our faithfulness. All right, I'll move the mountain now. Because no matter if I'm moving or not, I see your faithfulness to me. See, I want to be as faithful to God as God was faithful to me. Now, it's impossible to be that faithful. That's how faithful he is. But at least I could do is give him my all. That means I might have to forgive some people and not forgive them on my own and let God tell them, you know, I've done that. I try to do that. We have to physically go to the people and say, listen, if I hurt you, I am sorry. Forgive me. Spouses, you may be waiting for your spouse to say that. It ain't never going to happen if you're waiting. You got to be the bigger Christian, the bigger whatever you want to call yourself. But it's time for us to step up and, and, be, and, and, and be who God called us to be. God called us to be forgivers. God called us to be people of love. Amen? As a result of them, I just, I won't read no more because I'm not, I'm not a reader. But I will, tell you what, I will tell you what happened. Because the 40 days they spied the land and they rebelled against God, and I say rebel because they did not want to go enter the promised land because of those giants, then came the 40 years of wilderness. Out of the 12 spies, only two of them saw and actually entered the promised land. And it was the two that actually spoke against the other spies. It was Joshua and Caleb. While everybody else was grumbling and saying, we can't do this, God. They're too big. Joshua and Caleb was like, all right, but it's, it's a blessed land. Forget about how big it is. Look at how blessed it is. We could take them. God rewarded them for their faithfulness. I like to get rewarded. I don't know about you. I love when God loves me. I love when God provides for me. Listen, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I can receive his provision every day. And just because I'm alive, I do receive it every day. I don't take it for granted. I might be broke, but I got his mercies and grace. I may not be where I want 100%, but I'm walking in his favor. And I say it all the time, if you got God's favor, that's all you need. I love that scripture in Hebrews when I read it earlier when it says you need to persevere. So that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what, has, what he has promised. And if you receive the promise already, it ain't over. That's the problem us Christians. I said, we get the promise and we get the blessing. We get the, okay, I got it. Now what, God? I pray for a car and then we get the car. It's not a brand new car. And then we complain to God, but God, the car you gave me is 
it's not the car I wanted. I wanted a new car, God, not a used car. Thank God you don't have a jalopy. And if you have a jalopy, thank God for it. Because I've been there and done that. But thank God that we have a jalopy. Thank God that we have the kids we have. No matter how much you want to exchange them. Love your teenagers, parents. They're still kids. They still need to be loved. Love your spouses, men. Love your wives. They need it. Wives, love your husbands. They need it. If you're in the ministry, love your ministry. Your ministry needs it. Love your church. God needs it. God desires your love. God craves your love. God craves your worship. God desires your worship. Not because he needs it. Because he desires it. He wants it. Worship team, come up. Only because it's too quiet, any noise. Listen, I, I, I don't know. I'm a man of promise. I'm walking in my promise right now. My wife is my promise. My kids are my promise. The, the, the friends that are close to me are my promise. I was somebody who was very alone my whole life. I was scared of my own shadow. I was scared of who I am. And now I got people that surround me, that better me. They add something to me or they multiply they don't take, subtract, and divide. That's, a, that's an awesome advice that somebody gave my wife. There's two people you need in your life to add something or multiply stuff in your life that makes you better, that make you who God wants you to be. But then you got the people who, they subtract something for you. They, it's almost like they suck out the life out of you. They're so exhausting. Or they try to divide you from wherever you're supposed to be. If you're too comfortable, you're not going to see those people. You're going to start hanging out with those people, and those people is going to be your peoples. And that's where I always talk about the healthy boundaries. You know the healthy boundaries? Don't let everything in personally, intimately. God has a plan for you guys. I just share with you my plan. I mean, God's plan for me. He has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. He has to give us a hope in the future. How are you living? Are you just living a life that you're waiting for that to happen? Or are you getting out of your comfort zone? Derek has a saying to the men. You know, sometimes he reads scripture and he's teaching a, a portion of scripture 
And then you see some of the men squirming and like, oh, snap, oh, man. And he tells them, well, if you're comfortable, if you're comfortable that's great. Because if you're comfortable, that means God is telling you something. If you're, uncom- if you're uncomfortable with anything, that means God is, wants you to, to grow. God wants you to move. He wants you to be in motion. And if you don't know what that is, then get, in, get into your word. Get into some fellowship. I can't stand the people. The per- I'm, I'm not going to be honest with you. My, I got a little pet peeve. It bothers me when I see the person struggling. But it's the person that doesn't want to come here on Sundays. Doesn't want to be, uh, if he's a man, he doesn't want to participate in men's ministry. They come here on a Sunday and they're like waiting for somebody to hire them. And they, and they go to other church and tell, oh, that church, no one says anything to me. Oh, that church, the pastor doesn't say anything to us. Listen, step out of your comfort zone. There's not one pastor that, in this church that would not say hi back and talk to you. We ain't no bodyguards around us. I know, I know people come in and they think, oh my gosh, oh, that's the Pope. You know how the world sees the Pope? And they get... We're regular people. We're regular people. We're busy people. We might not notice you because we got a million things to do. But get out of your comfort zone. Participate in ministry. You're not doing something? Pastor George has been saying, listen, go to TJ Maxx and get a, a thing so we can decorate that wall. This is your living room, your spiritual living room. This is not ours. This is yours. This is your sanctuary. If you want to do something and you don't know what to do, come to me. I'll, I'll plug you in something. I'll be glad to stop picking up garbage around you. Hashtag, we need more people to help clean the church. Just saying. It's a big place and it's still becoming very challenging. Get out of your comfort zone. That's where I feel right now sometimes. Anybody love God's faithfulness? Anybody, anybody loves God's faithfulness? Listen, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Please. Listen, I love, I, I don't take God's presence for granted. I'm still the one that when my food is, if no one else is praying, I still got to pray. Because I'm even thankful for whatever I'm eating. I know I don't look like it, but there was a time when I was single and broke and I went days without eating because I was not broke. So when I eat in a meal, I'm, I'm thankful for my meal. I'm thankful for the friends I got. Listen, friends are hard. To, I mean, I'm talking about friends you could call brother and sister. That's hard to find these days, this day and age. I thank God for the relationships I got. I thank God for my brothers and sisters. I, I thank God that sometimes I want to get mad at them, but I love them enough, and I know they love me enough that I could not be that mad at them. I thank God for my wife. That's my wife, by the way. 
There's, there's people that don't know we're married. Just FYI, we're married. That's my promise. And I got the best promise. I won't point you guys out, my kids. But Listen, if you need to forget, listen, I say this. Here's the challenge. Let's close our eyes. We won't get... I didn't say this this morning, so I can say it now. Let's close the right so we won't get distracted. No one else is here but you and me and God. So forget about who's looking at you, who's not looking at you. Forget about who's not here, who's here. If you watch your online and you're in the living room, you got a good one because you're by yourself. You can even close your eyes too right now. If you feel that you're too comfortable and where you're at right now, I mean to tell you, get out of your comfort zone. If you got a good life, get out of your comfort zone because God wants you to have a great life. If you're married and you're too comfortable in your marriage, or if your marriage, you're going through some stuff and you're like, why am I going through this? I should not be going through this. You married a person, so you got to go through it. Sorry to tell you. Finish what you start. I'm inviting you here just to come and pray to God. I'm not one to, if you need me to pray for you, I'll pray for you. But I'm not one to lay hands and pray with you. I'm a true believer to come in and it's just you and God. God, I don't want no one to touch me, but I want you to touch me. Because I believe in God that much that he can touch me. I don't need a hand to touch me for him to touch me. So if you need to, if you truly think you need to get out of your comfort zone and forgive somebody. Or ask for forgiveness. That's big, bro. Man, that's big. If you're struggling and you need to somehow get out of that struggle, you need to get out of your comfort zone. And there are things you need to do to get out of that comfort, to get out of that struggle. Come down. Come down. If you have not been loved in the way God intended you to love, come down. Come now, because there's no room for churches to have beef with each other. Listen, there's no time for churches to have any kind of division. So rather complaining about the person, take a step forward and get out of your comfort zone. And start asking God, God, what do you need me to do? Give me the wisdom. Give me the words you need. true change and the only way we're going to get that true change if we get out of that comfort zone I want to worship right now I don't know what song Ephraim, Pastor Ephraim got in store I'm trusting God trusting him because he does a marvelous job but, and whatever we sing make that step if you're too shy, then go on your knees to buy the chair and pray where you're at. If you're that shy, just raise your hands where your seat is at. And give God praise. And if you're miserable, thank God for that misery. 
because you could be dead. Whatever misery, it could be far worse. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. God, right now, wherever you're at right now, because there's always room. Let's worship. Yes. It's interesting that Pastor Mark talked about giants being in the way of our promises. See, but what's physical to them could be something that's not physical to us. Like your giant could be maybe a character flaw an unteachable spirit and so you struggle not being able to step in because you're not good with accepting advice or someone speaking truth to your heart That's, that can prevent you from stepping into your promise maybe it's something like an addiction whether it's to drugs or to so many other things we could be addicted to that will be a giant and it will prevent you from stepping into God's promise for you so I'm asking you as we sing this song recognize the things that you may consider holding you back from stepping into what God truly has for you man you know Tell God, God, change me, break, break the things off of me that I can't see, expose it to me, because I really want to step in to my purpose. Our last song is everything and nothing less, and it's so fitting.
Yeah. 
deserve our very best even uh, even though our very best is still like dirty rags oh God but it is in your goodness and in your grace it's your mercy and in your love Lord that you allow us to present even this gift to you oh God even this worship you allow us to do Because of the grace on the cross, because of the blood that was shed for us, you look down on us, Lord, and you can receive our worship. Not because we've been perfect, not because we've done anything right, because even in our hearts, there's so much deceit. But we ask this morning, Lord, even as we give everything, We give our hearts to you because that's what you're concerned about and that's what you desire change. So Lord, these ministries, these gifts, these talents, they don't mean nothing if you don't have our heart. And that's what you want. So that's what we freely give to you and that's what we sing about this morning. That's where change starts, Lord. And that's what you changed that brought us to you. So, Father, we ask your forgiveness if we've if we given you less than what you desire. Because you've given us everything that we've ever needed. So, thank you, Lord, that you still call us blessed. And we desire to be a blessing. Change our hearts, Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Happy Thanksgiving to you.